Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 103, Why Good Enough is Better Than the Best. It's been a while since I've dropped a podcast, and I bet some of you are wondering if I had thrown in the towel. Well, I have not thrown in the towel. Still coming, I'm just a little slow these days. We've had our mind on some other things lately. My middle son, he just left this last week for his two-year mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So it's been an emotional couple weeks for me preparing and saying goodbye to him. He's our kid who went through the brain aneurysm and the stroke that I've talked about in past episodes. So probably uh, for that reason, it was a little tougher to say goodbye, although it was really hard to say goodbye to my first one too when he went. But it's just a cool opportunity for him to leave and go have an adventure on his own and uh, serve other people, serve God and have a wonderful experience. So hopefully all of you can send a prayer, a heaven word for him and uh, that he can get off to a good start. So that's what's been going on with me personally and excited for him and for the adventure that's ahead of him. So now it's just three of us in the home. It feels a little weird. Uh, my oldest came back from his mission and went off to college here locally at Utah State. So we get to see him a lot, but he's not living here. So it's uh, it's a big adjustment. And in life, we uh, we all go through adjustments and we all have changes that face us sooner or later. And some of those changes can be pretty hard and uh, pretty taxing emotionally too. And so it's important to, during these times of changes, be able to get support from other people. And it's just so important to have quality relationships in your life so you can lean on people when you're going through change or going through hard times. I think the quality of our relationships has everything to do with how happy our lives are. And so I hope that all of you have good quality relationships, even if just one or two people that you can count on in the clutch in any kind of a situation of someone you can go to and have someone to support you and listen to you and help you if you might be struggling. So today we're going to talk a little bit about an article I read by a guy named Daniel Torrance. And I want to share some thoughts with you and then kind of share some of the things he shared and then also talk a little bit about it at the end. So take a moment to reflect on the following question. What is the root underlying motive for every action you take and every decision you make? If you were to ask the Greek ancient, a great ancient Greek philosopher Aristotle this question without skip, skipping a beat, he'd respond with one word, happiness. Aristotle believed that if you peel back the onion far enough, you'd find that the driving force underneath the entirety of human behavior is our happiness and well-being. Test it out for yourself. Pick an action you did today and continue to ask yourself, why did I do that? And see if you ultimately come up with, because I want to be happy at the end. 
Fast forward more than 2,000 years and enter modern psychology. Dan Gilbert, who is a professor at Harvard University and author of Stumbling on Happiness, has been studying human behavior and decision-making for most of his career. He finds that we strive to make decisions that lead to our greatest levels of happiness, but that we're unfortunately pretty bad at doing so. We're not very good at predicting our happiness levels in the future and understanding how our decisions and choices in the present moment will affect our long-term happiness. For many of us, the temptation is to think that changing our external circumstances, whether that means buying a bigger house, getting a promotion at work, owning nicer clothes, or upgrading our smartphone will make us happier. These external changes usually produce a momentary spike in our happiness but level off quickly and bring us back to our baseline level of happiness, causing us to then strive for more external changes. We get stuck on a never-ending cycle of looking for the next positive change to bring us lasting happiness, a process that psychologists have labeled the hedonic treadmill. One of the problems with placing our hopes and expectations on these external changes is that it anchors our attention on what we currently lack instead of what good things we already have. When we're focused on what we don't yet have, our brains are searching and scanning for better option that's ahead of us. Striving for positive change isn't a bad thing, and there are certainly times we should make a change, but when our default mode is to fix our attention on what else is out there, we can often miss the opportunity to fulfill, fully appreciate, and enjoy what we have in the present moment. If our goal is to increase our overall our overall well-being in life, one of the first steps we can take is to learn how to get off or at least reduce the speed of the hedonic treadmill. There's no quick and easy way to do this, but one practice that could help is shifting our mindset from striving for the best to striving for what's good enough. This mindset shift is something that psychologist and author Barry Schwartz describes as satisficing versus maximizing in his book, The Paradox of Choice. His research found that maximizers, those who strive for the best, tend to do slightly better objectively, but end up feeling worse and being less happy than satisficers, those who pursue what's good enough. When we're striving for the best, we're always evaluating what we have against what we lack. And this creates a gap that we're continually trying to close. But if we're striving for what's good enough, we have a clear definition of what we actually need and what we want, making it easier for us to measure our experience against what we gained. It primes our brains to process our experience from a perspective of sufficiency and abundance instead of scarcity. And this can make all the difference when it comes to our health and well-being. Rewiring our brains to view our possessions and experiences from the perspective of good enough can take time and intentionality. It doesn't always come naturally to us, but it's something we can practice and improve in. To make this mind shift stick, it can be helpful to find new ways of weaving it into our lives. One of the best ways I've found to do this is to practice minimalism. Minimalism is a philosophy and a lifestyle that encourages people to experience more joy through owning less. Minimalism helps us remove the excess from our lives and to focus our attention on what truly matters to us. By valuing a smaller number of meaningful things, minimalism helps us experience the joys and pleasures of life from a mindset of sufficiency and helps us step off the hedonic treadmill of always striving for more.
Socrates might have been the original minimalist when he said that happiness is not found in seeking more, but in developing the capacity to enjoy less. As you continue to make decisions and navigate through your daily life, see if you tend to look for happiness on the other side of acquiring more, or if you typically find joy in the good enough. If what Socrates said is true, finding the good enough might just be the best step in living a life of greater contentment, happiness, and overall well-being. So that article is from the blog called The Tiny House Happiness, that blog article where I got those ideas from. And so I like this article a lot because it reminds us of the human brain and the tendency to always be seeking better and more. So we have a we had a TV that was about 12 years old. And uh, I was watching a Notre Dame football game on it, Go Irish, uh, with my kids when it was the first game of the season against Navy. And it was glitchy. It was blurry. It was having a hard time keeping up. It was just done. I mean, the TV's been done for a while. But I've just been postponing buying a new one because I didn't want to. And we don't really watch it that much. But I'm really excited for Notre Dame football this year. And so I did decide to get a new TV. So I was in at Sam's Club. Wasn't sure if I was going to buy one that day or not, but started looking at the options they had. And I wanted to get a 55-inch one, which isn't too big, isn't too small. It's about the right size for this kind of the small basement area where we watch TV. So I went and looked, and they had a 55-inch LG TV for under $400. And so they also had TVs that size for much more expensive up in the $1,200 range. <clears throat> but for me, the the four, less than $400 one, I think it was $379, which is just blows my mind that you can get a big, beautiful TV for such a low price. Uh, definitely the opposite of inflation with some electronics. Uh, but the good enough option, I didn't even really research it. I quickly did a, a search on Amazon to see kind of what the reviews look like. And within five minutes, I bought the TV without really researching it that thoroughly, really comparing it that much. The price point was awesome. The picture was beautiful. And I got a new TV for $379 so we can watch Notre Dame football in style. And it just reminded me that like, I know a lot of people would not be satisfied with that TV. It's obviously one of the lower end TVs, but for me, it was definitely good enough. And it's a huge upgrade from the one we had before, which was pretty glitchy and not very good. And so it just reminded me that often in life, we don't always need to get the best or the most recent model or the most expensive option or version, I'm sure I'm going to get just as much happiness and satisfaction out of that TV as I would with one that would have been three or four times more expensive. So it's important to, uh, it's kind of a delicate balance because sometimes if you think you're settling for just good enough, it might, some people might interpret that as not maximizing your potential or fulfilling the most you can do in life. Uh, but in regard to what we talked about earlier, if learning to 
be happy with less, meaning less, fewer material possessions, and uh, maybe a smaller house or maybe an older car, and focusing more on experiences and things like that. It's for me, it's totally worth it to try to develop and work on this mindset of getting off the hedonic treadmill, always wanting more, always chasing happiness on the other side of more, and really settling in to enjoying what we have now. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about, well, I shouldn't say next week. The next time I record, (laughs) we're going to talk about happiness. And we're going to talk about some ideas I got from a blog post by a guy named Jonathan Clements, who is a guy who moved here from England many years ago, and he's a financial writer. He has some really good books. He, He wrote for one of the newspapers, maybe the New York Times or something like that for a lot of years. And now he just runs a blog that produces articles pretty frequently. But we're going to go over one of his articles next week that's about happiness and satisfaction and can money buy happiness and whatnot. It's going to be fun. That's what I have prepared for you guys this week. Hope you're all doing awesome. And thank you for listening. I have, we haven't gotten a review on the podcast for a while. And so It would be awesome if you haven't left a review, especially on Apple Podcasts, if you could do so. We've kind of been stuck in the 60s for a while, and it would be awesome to get up in the close to 100 range of reviews. It just helps the podcast get into more people's hands so that they can enjoy the content that hopefully some of you do. So hope you're all doing great, and remember the simple life is a good life.